G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast. On Friday, we returned with our preview podcast. We had a good look at the Maccabi Diva Stakes, and it was a thunderous return from I'm Thunderstruck. I'm thunderstruck when we look at this particular horse. That first up run was sensational. Yes. Absolutely sensational. Of course, we know this stable. There's no way they're going to have this horse in a super forward position. But just off off that one run, very slow race shape, first section, nine lengths below. Beautiful move in the mid-race of around 8.4 lengths. Outstanding last 400 from my perspective when I'm you know, really looking at that data going 2.7 above. The critical things for me was this, Ralphie. I look at the last 200 metres, there was a one-length de-acceleration. That de-acceleration came from conditioning blowout. Gives you a bit of insight. The first insight for me is we know the horse is going to improve. Secondly, there's no way the horse was at its top. So, I can confidently say the horse has come back about a length and a half better horse from last campaign and then even if you go to the very the campaign prior to that there's also clear in evidence that it's a length better so i put the big map up put the trend line up saying best ever performance a plus seven high expectation to be able to run in the five range while i'm now very confident it's going to be a plus five plus six horse for sure and we can expect this horse to run somewhere around three lengths above benchmark What's that mean? It means that's where you're going to have to perform at to be able to beat it. Alligator Blood is the first to straighten it, clicks up and kicks away. Two and a half weeks in front of Western Empire, I'm thunderstruck, darting through over on the far side. Then Capo Wooga and Cascadian down the outer. Alligator Blood, 150 metres to go. Two weeks in front, I'm thunderstruck, needing to get there. Alligator Blood tiring, I'm thunderstruck over the top. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals, what a race that was. And firstly, Matt Hill, if he isn't the best caller of the world, I'll go he. That was Bill Collins-like. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes a big difference, doesn't it, the commentary. If you've got that ability to make it even more exciting, it just uh, does then chills up your spine absolutely uh it was, it was such a good race now what we we sort of had a bit of a head scratcher for us we knew the level of talent of i'm thunderstruck but also the level of talent of alligator blood fridays and of course you can listen to our preview podcast if you didn't buy it it's all available now we always put it up unedited what we do on fridays and saturdays friday we knew we weren't sure if it was going to be a wet track and you know there was a good level of confidence that alligator blood was going to improve it was going to be the one to run down Saturday, we knew we had a soft track. So that was part of the conundrum. Before we get into the race, how actually did Flemington play according to your data? Yes, yes. I thought, well, Flemington did play very well in the end, Ralphie, which is pretty exciting. 
But in terms of the breakdown, I'll just pull up the Intel. There we go. Of course, the rail was back to the truth for this meeting, and Liam O'Keefe did communicate that uh, the grass was a bit on the new side, but he's just such a master of his craft, this guy. Oh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. I, I guess the big thing was the rain didn't come down as bad as what it could have potentially been, which was I felt was a big plus. But when you go and sort of break it down, realistically, if we look at it, to the 800 metre mark, there was race two, which was, you know, very, very slow. That was race pace related. The reality was I marked it to the 800 metre mark, just less than a length below standard. But from the 600 metres to the inside the 400 metre mark, the, the track was genuinely racing between one and a half and two and a half lengths below standard. And then the last 200 metres was around a length below. So overall, the track was definitely in the S5, S6 range. So you needed to, I think it put a couple of real dry trackers out, but generally, if you're good enough, you had the talent to, to put yourself there. But if you, if you needed it really firm, you weren't going to beat your best. No. So that brings us to the to the main race, and this is the fascinating pincer movement, if you like, to, to break down the data of to the you know really exciting visual. It looked like Tim Clark rode just a master front running race on alligator blood, but we really put the communication was that he is better on a drier ground, but on thunderstruck's good on anything. So he's chased hard, and Mark Zara just couldn't quite keep his position in the uh, sorry before chasing hard. He couldn't quite keep his position uh, from barrier one uh, behind the leader, three back the fence. He ended up, and good jockeys for me, Vince. They take their medicine. They say, "Well, this is where the horse is going to be comfortable. I've just got to cop it, and let's see if I can get a run." But a phenomenal chase down of alligator blood. What did the data actually say? Yes, yes. Well. I guess the tough part was this, through that first section, Alligator Blood travelling 2.9 lengths below benchmark. Very good. Probably racing a little bit slower than the ground conditions. Between the 8 and the 400 metre, this was the toughest part of the ground. As you could see, 5.1 lengths below benchmark. So this, the slowing was there for the horse by around 2.2 lengths. And Alligator, I mean, I'm thunderstruck actually did quicken speed by about a length, but it's only marginal. And then the last 400 metres, this was the real difference. A three-length improvement from uh, I'm Thunderstruck versus Alligator Blubbed, who really improved about 1.3. So I guess on the optics, when you look at it, it looked like it was a lot a lot of trouble for I'm Thunderstruck to get rolling when it got that clear momentum. From a data perspective, the horse was still flowing in the right way. The reality was trying to bridge that three lengths was the real tough part, especially in that ground condition. It wasn't easy, but the horse got there in the end. And this is the fascinating part, Vince, because, and again, how many times we say the best riders ride to the numbers? And of course, yes. they're not trying to ride to the numbers, but what this is is maximum efficiency on the animal. So I'm thunderstruck from the 600 to 400, minus 0.6 below benchmark. 400 to 200, minus 0.6 below benchmark. Last 100, minus 0.2. In other words, that's almost perfection, the last 600 of those breakdowns, even though, to the visual, he was in traffic. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was, and it was, a, it was sensational from that perspective, and it was ridden superbly, really, and there was no real uh, negative 
other than if we look at the horse not being able to improve in terms of speed between that sort of 400 metres to the 200 metre mark, but found that extra half a length over the last last couple of hundred metres. And that was really the difference between the two horses. And this is, I, I feel, was to do with the ground conditions being slightly... We just knew that I'm Thunderstruck was going to appreciate it a bit more than Alligator Blood. Oh, the most exciting thing for me, Ralph, is both these horses are going to improve f- further, for sure. I mean, I'm Thunderstruck. F- for me, ran a length below expectations, and Alligator Blood, I knew, was going to be very, very forward. Also, um, had clear signs that there's more to come. And, and this is uh, the the breakdown further. So, my uh, sorry, plus two links above benchmark. Best of the day on Thunderstruck, and all our members will get a, a breakdown of this because best of the day we always send them from our sizzlers, our black book product. But what what you're saying basically is you expected plus three, but that's plus three if it was all all things equal, good tempo, and being able to be in full clear air. So really, the the race shape stopped him doing plus three, and that means he he wouldn't have got uh, maximum exertion and there's more to come. Absolutely. And the beauty is we've seen around a three-length improvement in early speed from first up to second up, which is fantastic as well. And wow, we've got one dimension at this stage, and that's upward trend. Uh, I would have been pretty excited if uh, if the eighth race was the first leg of the quaddy vids because we would have had it. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I did have baller, I didn't have high emotion, and by then it was a sad watch. So uh, you oh. made such a good case for baller on uh, on um, on Friday, and of course, uh, you know it lined up. It was it was it was ridiculous odds given it was twenty one dollars versus the favourite shooting for gold six fifty into five fifty. Well. Baller and shooting for gold, as is repeatedly shown in Queensland, they're very similar level horses. So that was a massive blowout in the market. He found really hard when uh, Rock and Horse chased him. The the question, I guess, is uh, is that they've both done top five of the day. What do you project if, uh, particularly for Rock and Horse, that was um, not fit? Uh, it was first. It was second up. Swats that was first up. Uh, it it ran a nice race for third. Where's the projection with Rock and Horse and Swats that compared to the performance on the day from Baller? Rock and Horse, first up was Benchmark, in advanced another half a length from one run to the other. The big key here was it was around a four-length slowdown between the 8 and the 400 for Rock and Horse, which is pretty significant. No doubt was going to give big, big elevation. This horse is trending right on the 2.7 of last campaign. So I have a high expectation there's going to probably be a big leap next start. With Baller, no surprise, of course. This horse, in my view, over the last sort of... The way I'm looking at it is I I go as far back to sort of November last year with this horse and pretty much the last two runs of the campaign just that it just finished. The horse has been racing superbly. As far as uh, how much improvement is going to go... The run of this particular horse was only about a three-quarters of a length slowdown between the 8 and the 400. It was really nice and strong over the last 200 metres, giving clear indication this horse is very, very forward. And the Golan team are obviously doing the right thing in terms of keeping this horse ticking over. I don't feel there's probably as much, but this horse does have the profile to, at its absolute top, get into the sort of low plus two ranges. So th- th- I'd like to think there's another big run in the horse, but I don't 
obviously, I don't believe the horse is going to go much further than about two, two and a half, though, above bench, IVR benchmark. And so what's that? You said, you know, the, the, the little concern you had was 1,200 first up. Yeah. And when we look at the breakdown here, 3.7 lengths below benchmark first section. The slowdown between the 8 and the 400, it was there a couple of lengths. Not as bad as Rock and Horse, but it was clearly there. And then I look at the overall last 200 metres. I thought it was good. It advanced itself by about two lengths. Overall, 0.3 below benchmark. That, that's a that's a, a reasonably good return from a nice long break. Not trending better than its previous two preparations, so I don't have any expectation this horse is going to go and do any groundbreaking performances, but they would have been happy. And uh, I mentioned members get best of the day back in June, uh, on the 4th of June in, in Queensland, because we covered the Queensland Carnival. Baller, 1.6 lengths above benchmark, best of the day. So our members would have got that sent out. Hopefully they kept the Black Book uh, product and hopefully they took some of the $21 on offer. The last race in the program, Vince, the listed race for the three-year-olds. It uh, <laughs> You said Fast Witness was a starting point. Uh, I, I assume you didn't project it missing the start. Uh, so it was probably cost of the race. But amazing ride, ride by Craig Williams to get out on Berkeley Square. The putters uh, got out if they uh, if they backed it into, hard into favouritism, 450 to 350. To me, blanket finish, but looking at your at uh, your report, there was only one horse that should have won by further, shouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd like to think that, but the reality was both those horses, right, in my view, raced reasonably well. The mid-race squeeze, you can see it there, far, Fast Witness was six-length squeeze between the eight and the 400 versus 3.9. So there's pretty clear evidence there of a couple of lengths. But overall, uh, it's one of these things, Ralphie, 3.6 lengths below IVR benchmark for pretty much both the horses. I thought it was reasonably soft. It wasn't anything that was going to be groundbreaking. But What's race, that last 200 pickup mean for Berkeley Square? Because it did improve two lengths just when, when the gap came. Well, clearly between the the 400 and the 200 metres, the horse lost about three and a half lengths, Ralphie, and then was able to kick down by about two lengths, which is which is good. Yep. The other runner, though, where see this is this is the challenge, right? The other runner, this is Fast Witness. Actually, I felt had an overextension between the six and the 400 metres, going from minus 5.4 to 0.8 above, and from. You can see in the numbers, the horse had already tanked out for, at that point because between the four and the two, the horse started already de-accelerating and lost overall about 4.3 lengths. So that was a big blowout where Berkeley Square, even though it got held up at that particular point, the move between the six and the four allowed the horse to keep that energy bottled up. So, of course, it... it was going to look a bit more explosive, but I wouldn't uh, say that that horse was actually superior, though. So what you, I'm thinking, what you're saying overall, and this is why I come to this race next, is um, is minus three point six compared to some blue jackets that we saw in Sydney. We'll get to them from Rose Hill. Uh, the, the, the Melbourne three olds have got a bit of improvement to catch <laughs> catch them with if they come down to that form. Yes, well, they'll probably, I guess everyone might be hoping, including the owners of those horses, that the horse these two are going to be so much better on dry ground. All right. Well, actually, well, let's use that phrase and speak your dry ground. Race seven on the program. The Nick Ryan team got the money and got the money hard for kissing all four cheeks. I dare say that during the day, as the track proved to be, you know, just 
S six rather than you know what, what what potentially could have been during the day or early in the day when we uh, recorded our our Saturday morning stuff. There was potential for it to be heavy. It wasn't that. Kissing on four cheeks. One chase down the leader with another good Mark Zara ride. But oh dear, if it can do benchmark on wet ground, what's it going to do when it gets the dry third up? <laughs> yeah, well, we know this horse got good talent, Ralphie. First up, there was one length below benchmark. Improved another length, and the improvement of length of one length isn't real justification. Have a look at the difference between the first and the second horse through the first section. We've got one runner going 9.2 versus 2.7 below benchmark, and then between the eight and the four, we've got the opposite happening. Lady of Honor having a massive slowdown, going from 2.7 below all the way down to 9.3, and kiss on all four cheeks, really starting to get that momentum. So both horses had difficulties in terms of the move between the eight and the 400 metres. You would almost say kissing all four cheeks wasn't in, a, in what I would have considered to be a hot winning position, but just it's just got so much talent, Ralphie. And still, this horse didn't run anywhere near its capability because the drier the better. But yeah. I, overall, a length, a length better from one run to the other is, is a good sign. So speaking of good signs, it's always a good a good sign when they when they dash home late. But you also have to be a bit careful. Sometimes it's an illusion; they haven't done much work. How do you then put together yearning at thirty one dollars? First up, showed good talent winning the thousand years in the spring. Didn't really do much in the autumn. It's got a perfect race shape to dash home, but the dash home was good. Second best last four hundred and two hundred of the day. Well, this this is a horse that I remember looking at it reasonably closely pre race to see what sort of um, expectation we could have. I feel that the horse's comeback, even though overall is a length below benchmark, has come back around a length better horse than its previous two campaigns. So we we can have some confidence that this horse is a superior horse to last preparation or in the past. The question is this, it still hasn't broken benchmark the move between the eight and the four hundred was really gentle. So what this was all about it was all all about an explosive last four hundred meters, and it was big. It was a really really big kick down, giving for me it gave the sign that this horse has come back in fantastic shape, and this is its opportunity to go right past benchmark. and And I'm I'm pinning this horse to go somewhere around plus one in the coming you know race or two. All right, well, I had the bucket out for high emotion when it wins the uh, staying race in the first <laughs> leg. And and it, it was sort of a double shot because pre-race, there was just no market support for the four runners. There was a little bit for high emotion. Uh, we we made such a good case for Mohican Heights. Now, Brett Preble's swinging on on the home turn. One thing I've really learned, Vince, with you is that when good jockeys are swinging on horses, often it's due to the fact that the pace is so fast, they don't want to let this horse go because it's already, do- it's already at its top. So... Yep. I think that's what's come through in the numbers, that this race shape was just fast and completely legless late to a horse like uh, High Emotion. We know it handles the ground, and uh, and that was probably the difference in the finish. Yeah, well, you can see Serpentine ended up being a long last in the end. I mean, it still looked to be somewhere there coming to the 250, but the real... English Derby winner. There it, is. Yeah, it was just all over. Yeah. And big performance from Mohican Heights, though. Of the on-pace runners... Because this was run with, you know, real speed. Yeah, was, just talk us through what, what type of speed are we talking here on a slow track? Yeah, well, here you go. It's 
Serpentine's going three lengths above IVR benchmark, and Mohican's going plus 1.1. So compared to, let's say, the winner, who was going three and a half lengths below benchmark, that was actually the place where you wanted to be. Somewhere between three and four lengths below benchmark was a golden zone. And what a difference that makes. Because if you're looking at energy distribution and what impact that has, you've got to look through the first two-thirds of the, the race. This particular run, a high, high moxone, what's it, how's it pronounced? High emotion. Yeah. yeah, high emotions, basically conserving five lengths of fuel for three-quarters of the race. And then when you look what happens between the eight and the 400, you can already see Mohican Heights has had a massive deacceleration of around nine lengths. Now, we've got to remember a lot of that's got to do with the conditions of the ground as opposed to the horse having a deliberate anchor drop. And High Emotions has only lost three lengths of velocity versus nine. And then the last 400 metres, you can see High Emotions lost around about a length of conditioning versus another four and a half lengths and that's what the impact is of going so fast for so long in the ground conditions and when you have a look at it, I mean Mohican Heights was the fourth biggest slowdown of the day. Well one that was that was at the third biggest was Point Nepean and we're all guilty of sometimes overthinking a race but there was one standout point and I made it on Friday vids that just had to be taken into account. Point Nepean already had its Melbourne Cup ticket. Now if you wanted to give this horse a conditioning brick, come on, uh, you would have uh, put it in the forward pack and, uh, and not particularly worried about how much it got tagged out late. True. That's that's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> correct. Which is what the softest in the market sort of told you as well. So the intel was there, and uh, anyway, the uh, the quality wasn't by the end of that. Let's finish Melbourne with uh, with just a ride of perfection of uh, of Damien Lane on Scolopini. Um, this horse was was massive price in the end. They just wanted to completely back uh, two horses, maybe Bermudez, who didn't really turn up. Pinstriper was good late. Uh, but uh, if you if you it was the only front runner to win on the day, and that's that's due to I, I assume yeah through the, just the perfection of the front running ride from Damien Lane. It was a top ride, wasn't it? Two point three lengths below benchmark. That's a good speed, considering all things through the first section. In the mid race, the slowdown was still there around three and a half lengths, and then that's relative low- to the ground too, isn't it? Yes, that's relative yeah. to the ground, and then the last four hundred meters, we, we did see that sort of last good burst of energy from the horse, I would say around one length of overall improvement in terms of speed. And this is this is the perfection of the ride, that the rider was able to conserve that energy and have that extra length up its sleeve. And you can see it in the micro splits, Ralphie. From the eight to the six, it's going three and a half lengths below benchmark. Between the six and the four, it's improved by 1.3, going 2.2 below benchmark. And then the beauty of the ride. It was a bit of like a Nash ride for me in the end. Uh, one length below benchmark between the two and the fourth. Found another length of 1.2 lengths and then held on yeah. to, to get victory. So the ride was perfect. Pinstripe, well, you're not going to win when you're giving them more than six lengths head start in that type of setup. And you can see big move between the eight and the four for this horse. And you, you can actually see, if you go through the, the actual raw data, the horse was best at every split other than the uh, 800 meter point 
best 600, 400, 200 a day. What does that uh, mean as far as projection? I mean, I know what you're saying as far as you're not going to win from there, but I, I, I get why you're first up. You've got goals ahead, uh, you know, Cummings, Bart Cummings style. You, you, you settle early, you work your way through. And as you always say, Vince, the mid-race is the big come-on fitness move. Yes, and it was absolutely big come-on fitness race. It may have a little bit of an impact the horse may feel from that run. The beauty is, I look at the overall figures, 0.8 below benchmark. It's already in that strike zone of where it was last campaign. It was virtually benchmark last prep. So we know a couple of things. Number one, this horse is set to improve a lot more from last campaign, which is fantastic to see. And in terms of conditioning, yeah, this was a real big, toughening up whether it's going to come out at the next start and we're going to see the absolute top or run after that i guess we'll have to wait and see where are you pegging this horse is potentially <sighs> i've definitely got to peg it as a plus one horse at the moment yep and a bit of an exaggeration plus three so i'm exaggerating for the plus three at the moment but plus one is where i'm i have the expectation this horse is going to go at the bare minimum all right, let's have a look at some Rose Hill highlights. Uh, your track report bias uh, report uh, of from your race speed profile Saturday morning. Your pre-meeting thoughts was excellent rail placement, fairly even spread of winners across the board and race shape to be key factor throughout the day. Lanes four to seven present as the optimum real estate in the straight, boasting 43% of the winners historically. That's with the rail out five metres. How did the track play? Wow, hey. that's um, That was the, the first thing I wanted to say. Fantastic to see that we were on reasonably good ground, Ralphie, and clear evidence to the 800-metre mark. Everything was like it's a plus one point. It's a long time since I've seen that. Absolutely. And even between, you know, the eight and, the, and all the way down to the 600 through to the 400, it was clear G4 range all the way to the finish line. So this track did race bang on, in my view, G4. And I, like I've marked it overall, I mean, on the – automatic algorithm was suggesting the track was a length faster than standard after adjustments i felt the track was more like um virtually benchmark which is fantastic uh, surface all right so we wanted to see some good horses emerge and good horses did emerge amongst the three-year-olds we'll start with the ming dynasty race six on the program here golden mile well i'll watch that and i just went well you are a proper proper horse uh you you put a nice stamp on it with your race speed profiles. The market wanted to be with it at uh, $4 into $3.50. What uh, what uh, did we actually see on the data coming through? Yes, 3.2 lengths below benchmark first section, Ralphie. Beautiful mid-race move between the 8 and the, uh, the, eight and the 400 going 3.7 above and then held on over the last 200 metres with a plus 2.2. This is uh, also you've got to factor in the slowdown, which is not – uncommon the way this track plays when you're coming around that turn you can suffer the slowdown it's just the way the track uh, structured i felt that there was a little bit of an overextension there but overall plus 1.9 that's superb ralphie what a beautiful overall performance figure wise best of the day fantastic
Uh, and the Blue Jackets really uh, had their had their edited in the zone. Uh, next race, run to the race for the Phillies. Uh, let, let not the Philly, not all Phillies, but I mean their Philly as in in secret. Let down beautiful explosive turn of foot. The favourite was uh, sorry, second favourite rather was Best of Bordeaux. Hung on well, really didn't lie down at all, even when challenged. And uh, and it was a, a terrific race to watch. Fireburn the uh, the gold slipper winner, four lengths astern. Uh, race morning, your thoughts were for in secret. This via your race speed profiles at daily section. She posted a career PB at the latest. There's every indication she's got a lot more to give. What did you give? What a run, Ralphie. 1.5 lengths above IBR benchmark. Not far behind Golden Mile in overall performance. In fact, in some aspects, I thought it was a better run in some aspects because the squeeze in the mid-race was clearly a length stronger and then the last 400 metres, wow, Ralphie, how big was it? Have a look at the last 200, plus 3.6. That's a fantastic exertion and match the optics on what you could see. And it looked easy. It looked easy. The big thing for me was, I then went back and said, okay, show me what you did overall last thousand compared to the rest of the day. There it was, top three. And I go, yeah, yeah, exactly. Big, big run. All right. Well, both these horses are going to match, uh, meet up in two weeks' time in the Golden Rose. Uh, sorry, three weeks' time. I will. Um, what we'll do, we'll get our members. Now, we thank our members. We're not, we got no corporate bookmaker support. We're independent. It's just us three with Paul Gardner as well. And uh, our members just keep us going. So we thank them. You know, for $5 a week you get li- uh, is the list of membership, uh, $5 a month rather, $20 a month, Group 1. Uh, we send best of the day to our members. Uh, at the end of each carnival, the Group 1 members get top. Uh, five of each carnival. Well, now we're, get, we're just this spring. We're just going to give a little bonus. So, uh, as a little podcast bonus, we're going to be emailing you. Your, I want to ask you in our little uh, email uh, podcast that we'll do a five minute, how you project these two horses of, of the Cummings Yard from today into the Golden Rose. So that'll be a little bonus that our group members will get to become a Group One member. Just click through the links on the uh, on my website, racetrackralphie.com.au. So two terrific performances there. What do you think of Best of Bordeaux? I mean, it had every chance it was blown away, but it showed good tenacity late. Yeah, well, you've, I guess what we have to articulate here, Ralph, is have a look at the difference between the speed between both horses. Best of Bordeaux's 0.8 below benchmark. It's going four and a half lengths faster than the winner through the first section. Between the eight and the 400, in terms of how far above benchmark you're travelling, there's only a length between them, which I thought was big. And there is that expectation that you're going to uh, tire out over the last 400. And you could see overall last 400, it has um, gone virtually three and a half lengths softer in terms of the finish, partially to do with the the slowdown between the four and the 200 metres, but I actually thought this was a strong effort considering how much fuel you had to burn through the first section. So I actually gave a lot of credit to the run. Yeah, what, what do we make of fire, Fireburn as far as the uh, the Golden Slipper winner returning now and way too far back early? Uh, I'd, <laughs> well, firstly, the way I look at it is this. Eight lengths below benchmark for assistant. I mean, extremely soft Brenton went through that first section, like extremely soft. Now, this may be the makeup of the horse, though, Ralphie, right? Yeah. This horse is a runner that doesn't show that speed through the first section. What was evidence for me was this horse is no longer 
the, dyna- the, the dynamic 1,200-metre horse. This is a horse that's going to love more ground. Now, am I indicating that 1,600 will be its best ground? I'm not sure about that, but definitely get up to 1,400 metres and we can have this confidence that this horse is going to run a lot closer to its profile. And the other thing that we've got to have some sort of uh, consideration to is, is this horse at its absolute best when there's given the ground, like a lot of given the ground? For now, the 1,200 metres, the evidence of uh, the way the horse ran is a clear indicator that this horse, I'll be surprised if it wins a race at 1,200 metres anymore, unless, I don't know, it happens to fluke some really inferior horses. Kiku uh, blew a lot of punters out of the quaddy, $17 in uh, in the Scirocco. Um I'm looking at, uh, at its historical profile. It's pretty much run to its uh, Empire Rose run on Derby Day. Well, that day it ran, uh, ran eighth. Uh, this day it's run first and pretty much produced a similar figure. Big run. Yeah. That's what I can definitely say. It was a big, big run. Strong overall, 1.8. So from a stable point of view, goodness me, the Waller team must be pumped, right, with that performance. And this it wasn't there in the trial, that evidence that we're going to see this type of performance. What was there? If we look at the, the short break last campaign, off the, coming off that 63-day break at Doom, but it did produce a plus one, and here it is going better than that. So this horse has turned up unbelievable in terms of uh, condition. It just like at, right at its top. Or is it possible that they've uh, found some improvement in this horse? I mean, it was so strong, Ralphie, from inside the 400, or I'd say from the 600 metre to the finish line, it was so powerful. Look at the mid-race squeeze, 8.9 lengths. I got nothing but praise on the way this horse ran. It was superb. Fantastic. Sorry, I called that the Scirocco. That was indeed the Theo Marks. The Scirocco was race nine, won by Shades of Rose. There's just been a Sizzler's regular Vince winder up. It gets to the front and wins. Been winning by big margins on Saturday. It's won by a nose getting to the Group 2 company. Really well backed. So the question is, is that sort of where her level is now? And second, of course, the two questions about the quality horses who were midfield, but with reasons, Espiona and Star Tondes. Yes, well... I hope. I mean, I, I felt that Shades of Rose was a really good price as well, and the performance—it's just been so powerful all campaign. The tapers there now. It sort of ended up with a uh, 1.5 overall, fourth best of the day. When I look at the breakdown of the race, beautiful through that first section, 0.8 below benchmark, virtually identical to the start before Ralphie in the mid race. There was, I, I felt a slight overextension, but the horse must have been feeling so good for that to take place. When I compare it to la, the start before, it was 0.9 to plus 1.5. Here it was 0.8 below to plus 2.8. And then, here's the big one, the last 400 metres, the the de-acceleration overall was minus 1.3 versus minus 0.6. And the reason why I'm highlighting this, Rolfie, It's never easy to sort of pinpoint to say, okay, at what point could this horse come to the end of its campaign? I feel that the horse is now coming to that, but it doesn't mean that they can't sort of continue to turn up and run somewhere near that profile they currently did. Like at the moment, the horse sits somewhere between 1.5 and 1.8. But this was the opportunity, another powerful ride and fantastic win and hopefully for all the people that have been backing it at the 
the last four starts, they've made plenty, but don't start losing on it. <laughs> exactly. So what do we make of the quality horses, Espiona, that you've always said, drier the better. Pretty much the way I look at it, it's run what it did first up last prep and start on days, of course, out the back. Huge mid-race squeeze. It's obviously uh, not far off returning with uh, Testiara best. Yeah, well, both those horses were monster moves in the mid-race and big conditioning improvement to come from both those runners. That, that was high exertion for both runners. I mean, Startontos was the biggest exertion of the day, 12.5, Ralphie, and we're on we're on a short circuit. Not easy to uh, to do that. So that just indicates how explosive the horse was. And Espiona was around 10 lengths, which was also a very high explosion. So they're going to be big improvers. And how you can also back that in, Ralphie, is you just go in and look at the last 1,000 metres on raw times, people that like to look at raw times. Startantes, best last 1,000 the whole day. Espiona, six best of the uh, last 1,000 metres. So you can see how big the sustained run was. Uh, a couple of members' questions here to finish off with uh, from uh, Mark. Uh, hey, Ralphie and Vince, thanks as always to the, you guys and the team for the work you do. My question relates to a horse that sat down on Wednesday that looked good to the eye. Winner of race three, Asfora. Official winning margin was 3.7 lengths. The overall time was about 0.8 of a second quicker than the other 1,000 on the day. What does the breakdown of the data tell us and as she potentially a stakes horse? Well, I know she's very fast. We actually uh, stamped her earlier this year and I think she went out for a spell afterwards in a real sizzling uh, Caulfield run. What I'll do, Mark. I'll uh, I will add this to. Uh, I'll, I'll email you once Vince has had a chance to clock uh, clock Sandown as a member. I'm happy to look after you there. Uh, Brody has asked how good was in secret. She looked perfect spot off a hot speed powered late golden rose 1400 looks ideal we've covered that we appreciate that uh you'd think this is made up vince but it's not from grant not a question for a statement i'm gobsmacked by the quality of uh information bit surprises your ability to interpret it the best geo since gates at allen that's very kind of you grant we appreciate that we're going to have a uh, a preview podcast again this friday uh we'll send out full information we're just going to discuss off air which way we go melbourne or sydney sydney what a car what a card it's got animo and uh and all so a nature strip, Eduardo, some real good horses. There's a golden ticket to the Epsom there. So they've got a good meeting and Caulfield's got the Rupert Clark. So we'll uh, we'll wind all that up. I should also finish though, but if you're a group one member, not only you get Vince's discussion about the Golden Rose, but also because that last winner was pretty impressive, we'll, uh, we'll have a quick chat about Waterford. But that's our half hour done. So thanks so much for tuning in to Year Round Carnival.